The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you want to take one of us up on one of those free retirement reviews, we will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, you can call our office to get one of those scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can always email us uh, by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, so this is I, – I, I saw this data, and I thought this is the difference between a democracy uh, or, or a communistic uh, society. So I'm going to title this The India-China Divergence. Over the last three years, the MSCI India ETF, symbol INDA, is up 31%, while the MSCI China ETF, symbol MCHI, is down 57%. Uh, and so while China's economy has been uh, been slowing down, India's growth certainly has accelerated, with GDP in India potentially hitting 8% this year. Uh, I know that's a bullish call, India, uh, for a lot of people in 2024, more and more companies are looking to India as a manufacturing hub, a big shift from a decade ago. One example is Apple, which is targeting manufacturing 25% of their phones in India, up from their current level of 5%. So uh, this is, you know, what's crazy to uh, to me, and I know Josh is, you know, China looked like they were on this sort of path to ma- a managed democracy. Uh, they were letting more and more, uh, you know, free market things happen. Uh, and it was good for their citizens. It was good for the country. You know, they were wealthier. And all of a sudden, they just hammered the brakes on that and went back to uh, sort of communism as as we know it historically. And it's been – it's not working out at all for anybody, I guess, unless you're part of the uh, Chinese Communist Party, right? Like there's how many of those people, and that's a big, it's a big party. But um, it's working out for those people. But if you're not in that group, life really is terrible. Uh, and so India is the world's largest democracy uh, by people count, obviously. Um, and um, they are sort of taking up the slack for China. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And if we see some version of a, a Tiananmen Square in China again, because uh, I know the young people have access to, to see what's going on in the rest of the world as much as China tries to control that. Um, and at some point you think they would get get fed up. Uh, but China's pretty good at controlling their population, and it's not a, in a pleasant way. I, w- I will say that. Uh, so there's sort there historically had been an iron rule of financial markets. Uh, David Einhorn seems to think that that iron rule is broken, but uh, I'm going to give this example because I love it because it's uh, one of my favorite people against one of the, my least favorite people in the financial markets. Uh, over the last three years, Berkshire Hathaway has gained, that's Warren Buffett, has gained 70%. The stock has gone up 70%. Well, ARC Innovation, that's Kathy Wood, has lost 66%. Uh, what happened the, in the three years prior to this? Arc gained 270%, while Berkshire was only up 6%. But as John Bogle once said, reversion to the mean is the iron rule of financial markets. And so, uh, you know, th- this is one of those things where there's questions out there right now if reversion to the mean is really a thing, because historically, you know, we're seeing outperformances of asset classes, namely just U.S. large cap stocks over everything else. Uh, we have um, really never seen this amount of uh, this length of time where we've seen one asset class do so well against everything else for this amount of time. Uh, you know, we start to get a reversion to the mean, whether it be small cap or mid cap or international developed, and then that seems to go away and large caps just continue to outperform. But I still, in my heart of hearts, believe in the iron rule of financial markets. I don't know about you. Probably Josh doesn't, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I'm still a believer. I mean, I have the same allocation. Okay. Let's see. Some At some point, you'll capitulate. And as soon as you capitulate, I know that when it's going to happen. It's, you know, they, they, they 
earnings growth of the Mag 7 is astonishing. It is. I, and I'm not yeah. here to say it isn't. But my point, I guess, is historically, the United States government wouldn't have let companies like this exist. Yeah. Uh, but they don't, that's not on their list of things that they're worried about. No, I mean, it's the supplant of national politics and corporate, you know, Corporatism is supplanting national <laughs> national strength, and when you really think about the scale of these businesses, it's like you know Microsoft at three trillion is the entire German economy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and and Microsoft's a fabulous business, but you know, the, Satya Nadella is like more powerful than Olaf Scholz. Yeah, I mean, but you know that that is not necessarily a good thing. No, uh, and so uh, you know, I think maybe. We should, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene bringing pictures of Hunter Biden's laptop, probably not the most important thing <laughs> in the United States, but uh, that's where we are. That's where we find ourselves today. It's, but, I mean, fast forward 10 years from now and you have five or six trillion market cap companies and it's you maybe know, more. It's it's nutty to think about the implications and it's it's part, it's kind of it's kind of scary. I mean, the, that's the things at stake are uh, very dramatic. Okay, so in this segment, uh, we thought we'd talk about publicly traded real estate investment trusts. So we want to be very clear that Josh and I are advocates of owning publicly traded real estate investment trusts, or REITs for short. Uh, the uh, exchange-traded fund that we use in our client portfolios for this asset class is VNQ, V as in Victor, N as in Nancy Q. Uh, it's the Vanguard uh, REIT fund. And so, Josh, please to describe to our listening audience what is a publicly traded real estate investment trust? Real estate investment trusts are just uh, statutory creatures. So they're just, you know, a, a legislative vehicle that pays out 90% of its income in, div uh, in the form of dividends. Has to by Has law. Has to by law. They get so. good special tax treatment because yep. of that. But and if you happen to work at a REIT, you're very highly compensated. It's a corner of the financial markets that did extravagantly well uh, in low interest rate environments, of course, because they certainly employ a lot of leverage on average. Uh, VNQ is just sort of a proxy for the entire U.S. investable market of real estate. Uh, so, you know, it owns American Tower and Simon Property Group and public storage. All those things that you see sort of in your daily life uh, are reflected in VNQ. We contrast it very highly with privately traded REITs, which uh, are a corner of the market that has been, you know, historically in, in corrections of real estate. Private real estate takes a long time to revalue. Uh, I had an argument with a client about this last quarter, and you know he owns some stuff, and he said, "Oh, it goes up twelve percent every year, like <laughs> clockwork." And you look at the publicly traded read index over the last three years, and it's like, okay, like how do I, you know, I'm not even going to fight that fight because I know you're wrong, and everyone knows you're wrong, but except you, when you look at your statement, and it looks the same, and you can convince yourself all you want, but well, we're making friends today. Gravity's gravity, <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of why you want a publicly traded read versus a, uh, a private one, of course, is liquidity. And, you know, it's that's the big difference. And we uh, inherit some situations where clients have owned these privately traded REITs and they're subject to these quarterly redemption gates, uh, which means that they can click sell all and they get to do it once a quarter and they only get a fraction of their money back. And it's subject to proration uh, by that fund. So it can take years to unwind from those positions. Uh, and if you need liquidity from that, uh, good luck. Yeah, and it's usually the liquidity is much lower price than is being quoted in the market because there is no market. And so, uh, you know, like the publicly traded REITs are, are historically have been a, a great asset class. They've done extraordinarily well over the last 20 years of interest rates have come down because they're very interest rate sensitive. Um, but, you know, we when you look at them, the, they don't quite have as much volatility historically. The yield on them is relatively attractive. And so you look at REITs because they have to pay up 90 percent of the income that they receive in the form of a dividend to get their special tax treatment, um, the yield has historically been high. But the ones that we own, well, so first of all, we own a very diversified exchange-traded fund, the most diversified, but it owns things like cell towers and storage units and, you know, things that are, are uh, definitely going to be in demand. But it's been a rough asset class to own over the last few years, especially as interest rates have gone up. We still believe in them long term, but make sure that if you own this asset class, you own it in an index uh, and a publicly traded index ETF or mutual fund. Do not buy these non-publicly traded REITs that brokers are selling because they get paid huge commissions. They talk about these 7% distribution rates, but you almost have no liquidity if you need to get your money out. So stay away from these. They're only good for the person issuing them and selling them, not buying them.
All right, if you want to sign up, <coughs> excuse me, for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video in the middle and end of every month. We talk about what's going on in the capital markets and how that affects your money. To get added to that list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about some little-known IRA rules that you probably want to know about, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Heart disease is the number one cause of death among older adults. But here at Prestige Senior Living High Desert, we take the health and wellness of our residents to heart. We're offering a free guide on heart health for older adults on our website at PrestigeCanHelp.com. It includes information on common heart health risks and tips on how nutrition, fitness, sleep, and stress management can promote a healthy heart. Visit PrestigeCanHelp.com to download the guide. Again, that's PrestigeCanHelp.com. About a hundred years ago, Ben started up as a lumber town with mostly small wooden homes built to shelter the mill workers. Today, it's a bustling city of startups and established businesses with a tremendous variety of homes built to enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. For more than a half of that century, Duke Warner Realty has been here to help people buy and sell those homes. Family owned and operated since 1967, Duke Warner has a team of brokers who know the community and the market inside out. With many decades of expertise in the Central Oregon area, we're your friends and neighbors who believe that combining old-fashioned hard work with the newest technologies gives you the competitive edge. We'll walk you through the listings, the comps, the offers, the counteroffers, the inspections, the escrow, the closing. We'll even walk you through the walkthrough until finally, the celebration. So if you're ready to move now or anytime in the next hundred years, contact Duke Warner Realty. Because when it comes to real estate, you can't fake experience. Winter may be getting colder. Cold enough for you? But things are heating up at Indian Head Casino. What? What are you talking about? It's Indian Head Casino's $192,000 snow be the money giveaway. Seems to be snowing cash and prizes at Indian Head Casino. We've never seen anything like it. Here we go. Win your share of $20,000 every Friday and Saturday. Earn entries now. Plus, there's the $55,000 Snow Me the Keys giveaway, where you can drive away in a brand new Ford F-150 from TSS Ford. Drawing Sunday, February 25th. It's Indian Head Casino's $192,000 Snow Me the Money Giveaway. Exciting. Win your share of $20,000 every weekend. And maybe even a new Ford F-150. Cool. Dress warm. Win big at Indian Head Casino, where winners play. Total cash prices in January and February. See the players club for details. For years, you've been asking, and now we're proudly introducing Severson Heating and Cooling. Severson Plumbing has expanded into the realm of heating, ventilation, and air conditioning services. Introducing Severson Heating and Cooling, where we bring the same commitment to excellence and quality service that defines our plumbing division for over four decades. Severson Heating and Cooling. Call to schedule a free estimate today. Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes. It is a treadmill. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. And we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I saw this week old Mount Bachelor. Uh, had a bunch of people out at Northwest, which is, for those of you that don't know about Mount Bachelor, it's the furthest lift away from the lodge. Uh, Northwest. Yeah, what did I say? Yeah. Not, uh, those of you that don't know. Uh, yeah, North. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so they were at Northwest. They had an oil leak or something, and they had to shut it down. Uh, and so I guess their options were you could wait two hours for a snowmobile ride, 
or you could hike out, which took a lot of people about a half an hour. And in uh, true form, Mount Bachelor didn't offer any of those people vouchers or a refund or any of such things. So even though, you know, it was their lift that broke down. So again, I will reiterate, I've been skiing my whole life. Uh, since 1978, I've been skiing, and I've never experienced a mountain so inept as this one that we call. But, you know, we're all fishing a barrel to Mount Bachelor. Like, where else are we going to go? Uh, or, you know, they're not going to build a ski area on South Sister. Uh, and I was I skied in Colorado last weekend. Um, and, you know, just to get to Vail, you drive by five other ski areas. And if Vail was the same way that Mount Bachelor is, uh, I would have stopped at one of those other five Well, ski Mount areas. Bachelor has a new manager that came from Copper in Colorado. So if he's a listener to the show. No comment. <laughs> Um, so there is definitely not a recession in luxury goods. The people at the top, this is sort of a consequence of what's gone on politically and f- financially, more importantly, over the last 15 years, is the rich have gotten richer than ever on a relative basis and absolute basis. And so the luxury goods market is just on fire. Uh, U.S. consumer confidence has moved to its highest level since December of 2021, driven by obviously cooling inflation, strong employment, and the stock market back at all-time highs. Uh, and the expectation, I guess, of lower rates to come. And within the luxury goods market, confidence is the highest it's ever been. I'll give you Exhibit A, Mr. Finelli, and you gave me Exhibit B, which was Lamborghini. I'll give you Exhibit A. Ferrari, who reported record sales, uh, they were $6.5 billion, up 17% year-over-year, and profits were up 38% in 2023. Since Ferrari's IPO in 2015, uh, their symbol is race, which is awesome, R-A-C-E. Uh, the stock is up 655% versus the S&P's 180% gain uh, and a 48% gain for the MSCI Italy ETF. So uh, the, the high-end consumer, I think really high-end because Ferrari's cost 250 k and up, uh, it, that that world is uh, doing unbelievable. Well, Hermes uh, reported to, uh, Friday – 17% year-on-year constant exchange rates and earnings. You should, you probably have a few Birkin I was going to say it might have been my, bags in the might have been my wife that was contributing <laughs> to that. Uh, so then on Morningstar this last week, um, there was some really interesting data, and this is a, from Morningstar as of December 31st of 2023. They looked at the two things. They looked at the top-destroying fund families, so uh, asset management firms, uh, wealth destroying, whether it was the individual ETF or the firm, and I'm just going to report on the firms. So these are the top 10 wealth destroying mutual fund families over the last 10 years. Drumroll, please. The number one wealth destroying fund family is ARC ETF Trust. So ARC has destroyed an estimated 14 and a half trillion dollars, sorry, billion dollars of, of investor money, uh, more than double the next fam, next closest Crane shares, Credit Suisse, ProShares, Barclays. Uh, but uh, ARK Investments, um, Kathy Wood, you are really good at incinerating money. And, and CNBC, I cannot figure out why at least twice a month you parade her on your website. Do you like putting people, do you like uh, having your listeners lose money? Because there's no other reason to parade Kathy Wood uh, on your website. She is the best destroyer of money in the asset management business. Congratulations, CNBC. Keep putting her on. She's uh, she's back in the game now. Well, we will see. Remember the ironclad rule of financial markets. Okay, so there's some s- sort of rules in the IRA space that a lot of you may or may not know, and so I thought I'd go through them really quickly in this segment. Um, so um, first question is, who can contribute to an IRA? The answer, believe it or not, is everybody. Uh, and so most people say, well, I, I make too much money to contribute to a Roth or I make too much money to contribute to a deductible IRA. Uh, so a lot of you in that space don't do that. Uh, but the, the answer for everybody, regardless of income, if you make $3 bucks a year, you can still do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA contribution. And so how that looks is you do a you you do a non-deductible IRA contribution because your income's too high, and then you convert that to a Roth, and you have to pay taxes on that amount, of course, uh, whatever you convert. So let's say if you're under 50 years old, um, you, you know your con- contribution limits are for 2024 are seven thousand dollars. You do a non-deductible IRA contribution, and then you convert that IRA to a Roth, and you have to pay taxes on that seven thousand dollars. So uh, everybody technically, because of the backdoor Roth. Uh, uh, amounts can contribute 
to an IRA. And oftentimes CPAs don't aren't big fans, but um, I will tell you that I fall in that category uh, of that I don't, most people don't think I would be able to contribute to an IRA, and I do uh, in that backdoor form. Uh, so the next the next thing is a spousal IRA. So a lot of people think that uh, if your spouse um, doesn't work, that he or she cannot contribute to an IRA, and that is uh, in fact incorrect. Uh, so for example, Josh and my wife's don't work, uh, and so outside of the house that is, uh, um, and so they don't have earned income. But Josh and I both file. Uh, married jointly. So my wife and I filed jointly, Josh and his wife uh, filed jointly. And so as long as you, the earner or or your spouse, the earner, makes enough for you both to be able to contribute to an IRA, you can. So uh, just because they don't have earned income doesn't mean that he or she can't contribute as long as the person that's making the money has enough income to support that contribution. Um, The next one is... uh, if you have a 529 that is not a college savings plan that is not going to be used for college, uh, that money can be used to convert to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary of the 529. So, for example, my kids, I'm going to hold back uh, enough from their 529 that some of that up to $35,000, which is the limit, is going to be converted to a Roth IRA. So that the rules are uh, you have to own the 529 um, for at least 15 years. Um, and it has to be uh, money that is contributed, not any of the growth. But that is a new rule in 2024 um, that you can convert some of your 529 college savings to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary. Um, and then the last one is uh, children can kids can contribute to an IRA. So, for example, if your kids have summer jobs, what I would suggest, uh, you know, is they contribute or maybe you can do it for them up to the amount they earned, up to the contribution limits of $7,000 in a Roth IRA. So if you have a 17, 18, you know, my son contributed to for his IRA for 2023 because he had a summer job last summer. Uh, and so, you know, 18-year-old contributing money to a Roth IRA, that money is going to compound tax-free uh, for, you know, 50 years plus uh, and then come out tax-free. That is something that you really can't ignore. So if you have kids that have summer jobs, uh, and earned income, they can contribute to an IRA. I would suggest that they contribute to a Roth because the power of that will be huge over their lifetime. All right, if you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those meetings scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can always go to our website, NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the difference between ETF and mutual funds. Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. desert wonderland and you like to be outside the ben factory stores have what you need for the central oregon outdoor lifestyle make a bold statement and save up to 70 percent every day over 20 famous brand names like columbia nike and pendleton and locals like learning express toys runway fashion exchange and cascade mattress and bedroom furniture shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted Great buys that reflect your personality. Get ready for winter with proven gear 
at Columbia Factory Store. Shop today to save up to 70% off clearance during Columbia Sportswear semi-annual clearance event. Shop fleece, base layers, winter boots, and find your favorite down jacket to stay cozy outdoors. Columbia Factory Store has what you need for up to 70% less. No coupon necessary for in-store offer. No additional discount applied. Shop Columbia Factory Stores today. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory Stores. South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. Highline Homes knows that when it comes to building a custom stick-built home for you and your family, there's a lot that goes into that decision. Deborah, how did you choose Highline for your home? Highline had better plans, better prices. Once I called them, they just made it so easy to make it fit what I wanted. Well, as we said, building a Highline home from the ground up on your dream property is a big decision. One thing about Highline, they built a lot here. That was one of the selling points, I think, that they did so much in this area. They knew the area. We always say that Highline Homes is with you every step of the way through the building process, and that's true. It was great. They walked me through everything, the plans and then picking out all the options that I could go through. Uh, they were just extremely helpful. Um, they didn't push. They didn't let me take my time. You know, it was it was really nice. Always great to hear, Deborah. Congrats on your brand new Highline home. And if you want to see floor plans, virtual tours and more, go to HighlineHomes.com. Oregon CCB 181069. Highline Homes. On your lot on time, Bill right. Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out here. Where are you? In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One of a kind, discontinued models, and old furniture friends. Looks like we need to sell our furniture and mattress floor models to make room for the new 2024 products. Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect. The clearance sale is on at Wilson's of Redmond. Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands on mattresses, sofas, love seats, sectionals, and recliners. Cocktail tables, end tables, over 700 accessories, up to 50% off. Wilson's clearance sale is on now. Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details. The sooner you shop, the better the selection. It's on at Wilson's of Redmond. It's gotta go. Better get in. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it local since 1962. Plato Travel Plaza. Food, fuel, and fun. After a long day and you want to play, get your mind off of the road. Have a great meal, try our slot machines. Life's good on the plateau. Quick stop. Anytime gets you everything under the sun. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Experience a trifecta of delight at Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. And now, breakfast bingo at our three TP's restaurant on select Wednesdays. Fill up with budget-friendly fuel, shop for local treasures and travel essentials, and elevate your excitement with 40 thrilling slot machines in our game room. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. And now, breakfast bingo. It's all here at Plateau Travel Plaza. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. The mission is clear. Give honest, transparent analysis and actionable advice every week. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. We hope you are having a wonderful Super Bowl weekend, whatever you are choosing to watch the old. It's so funny. It's become like a national holiday in the United States. The Super Bowl weekend, and it's crazy that it's in Vegas. I can't even imagine what it's like this weekend in the good old Las Vegas. I'm well, the, sure it's a good time. The CNBC broadcast from there this week, it looked like it was cold. Yeah, but, well, do you care? How much time do you spend outside when you're in Vegas for most people? Yeah. Plus the, whatever it's called, the, uh, well, no pool I forget parties. the name of the dome, but it's inside too, so... Uh, the combined revenue of the four largest U.S. companies hit a record $1.5 trillion with a T over the last 12 months. Amazon had $575 billion in revenue. Apple had $386 billion in revenue. Google, $307 billion. And Microsoft, $230. That's larger than G- the GDP of all but 14 countries. Just the revenue. 
Like, so that's what we keep talking about is these companies, like, they are going to be running the United States pretty soon because the doofuses in Congress can't. So, you know, we got the orange Jesus and then the other guy, not sure what his name is. You know, he has to go to bed at 430 after he eats dinner. And so I, I don't know. I think maybe I'm good with Satya Nadella running the show. Postmodern colonialism. They should start buying places. You mean like countries? Yeah. These, com- <laughs> these companies. Yeah, why not? Yeah, they could. <laughs> Maybe we should advise them on that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this is interesting, too. We're seeing a divergence in the real estate market around the United States. Uh, U.S. home prices, uh, so residential home prices, continue to hit new highs. Uh, they hit new high in November, up 5.5% year over year. 19 of the 20 cities in the Case-Shiller 20-city home index uh, showed year-over-year gains. Meanwhile, of course, in the commercial market, commercial real estate prices are moving in the opposite direction. Uh, in 2023, office prices declined 25%. Apartments were down 12%, and self-storage properties are down 11 uh, This, obviously, is continuing to weigh on the regional banks. The KRE, which is the regional bank ETF, uh, has a high exposure to commercial real estate and real estate loans. Uh it's uh, down. Uh, it's about twenty-eight percent of their assets. Uh, it's down about thirty-five percent from its all-time high. It, it was down close to sixty percent at one point. So I think that's what Josh is talking about when we're starting to see uh, some pain or some restriction. Uh, but that was inevitable, no matter what, when rate, rates went higher in the commercial markets. And then you couple that with uh, nobody wants to go back to work. Like this, the idea that there's still people working from home is so laughable to me. Yeah, I mean, at this point in the cycle. The but most, didn't you, didn't most you say important question is really just IBM who, is even calling people back. Yeah, good old uh, well, big blue. I mean, at this point in the cycle of commercial real estate, the only question is uh, who's getting bailed out, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, I mean, commercial real estate's an interesting. You know, when it's good, it's really good, and when it's bad, it's really bad. And so, uh, you know, leverage leverage is is a wonderful thing when asset prices are going up, and it's really can be. Uh, kill you when it we, when it we learned underway. last March that the idea of FDIC deposit insurance is is Depending, no longer relevant. Well, FDID, FDIC deposit insurance is relevant based on your geography. If you're Correct. in Kansas, yes, doesn't they don't care. If your money but if you're in Silicon Valley, we're going to yes, bail you out. You're very you're you're systemically important. If depends on where you are and 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 uh, you know, so that's a, that's a whole other conversation. All right, so I, I thought we'd talk about the differences between exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, and mutual funds. Uh, so let me be clear. I think that both of them are great tools for most people. They are great diversifiers. They're what most people – there's how almost everybody out there should get exposure to the capital markets because uh, they give you uh, diversification, and you're, if you're buying indexes, um, your chances of that asset class going to zero are close to zero, and so – that's why we're big proponents of, of using uh, exchange-traded funds and or mutual funds. So, But they are different, right? They're, they're both pooled investments. So I should say that is um, – so if you buy the Vanguard S&P 500 index mutual fund and you buy the – or you buy the Vanguard uh, S&P ETF, they own the same exact things. Structurally, they're sort of the same thing. Um, but one, uh, you know, the ETF uh, has – some I should uh, some structural differences in how it trades and how it pays capital gains and that kind of thing uh, that are a little bit different than the than the mutual fund, and so um, th- I will just say in the interest of full disclosure, we use exchange traded funds instead of mutual funds in our practice um, for all the reasons we're going to list, uh, but we by no means think that mutual funds are awful. Uh, so the first thing I should tell you is that the exchange traded funds. Uh, trade all day like a stock uh, versus a mutual fund that trades at the end of the day based on the price of the securities in the mutual fund. So if you look at the SPY, for example, which is the original ETF, the SPY trades all day long just like it's a stock. Uh, so you can buy it at any day and you, at any point in the day that the market's open and you know the price you're going to get uh, for that ETF. The mutual fund, um, it owns the same securities, uh, but you're going to get the 
closing price of the S&P 500 at the end of the day and not the price at some point earlier in the day. And so that's one of the big reasons that in our firm we use ETFs is, you know, you you all know about those days that were the the Dow can be down a thousand points, let's say at the open, you know, so at 10 o'clock here on the West Coast, you know, let's say the Dow's down a thousand, but then by 1 p.m. the market makes it back, claws back to even. Uh, We like to be able to go in and buy uh, especially when we're putting cash to work for clients, we like to be able to go in and buy when the market's getting obliterated. Um, and, and the ETF allows us to do that versus the mutual fund, which we would get the closing price. And so that's a huge difference in performance there. So that's one of the big reasons is ETFs trade all day long. Uh, tax efficiency. So uh, exchange-traded funds, ETFs, are more tax efficient than their mutual fund uh, counterparts. It's not a huge difference, especially especially if you're indexing, uh, but just because of the structure um, uh, of their in-kind creation and redemptions, ETFs uh, are more tax efficient. And so obviously we care about tax efficiency as much as anybody else. It's the sort of second biggest reason that Northwest Quadrant uses ETFs over mutual funds is we really, really care about tax efficiency and ETFs provide the most tax efficient pooled investment vehicle uh, that we can put our clients' money in as long as we're going to be ind- indexing. Um, and, you know, like I- I'll give you an example. Fidelity has a mutual fund and ETF, same exact uh, securities. Um, the the returns over the last three years were exactly the same, but the capital gains uh, on the mutual fund version were significantly higher, about 4% of the NAV of the fund versus zero on the uh, on the ETF. Uh, and so if you're, you know, that, that matters. If you have a $100,000 position, that's a $4,000 capital gain that you have to pay taxes on in the mutual fund that you wouldn't have to pay in the ETF. So big, big difference from a tax efficiency um, stand, standpoint. Transparency, um, you know, mutual funds, especially active man- actively managed mutual funds, don't have to post what they own. Um, uh, they only have to do it quarterly where an ETF is going to have to be transparent on what they own, especially uh, if it is um, if it is uh, an index. Accessibility, exchange-traded funds, um, trades like stock, right? So you don't have a minimum uh, where a lot of fund companies, they have a mutual fund that has a minimum of, let's say, $3,000. So an ETF, you can get the same exact uh, version of the mutual fund in an ETF and trade at much, much lower uh, uh Values and the other thing is, if you're trading at like a Schwab, for example, that has no trading costs, it, there's no friction there um, to trade. And then finally, and this is important, it's not huge, but uh, the fees in ETFs are generally going to be lower than their mutual fund counterparts. So that you know they're a little bit lower; they're not huge, but it, obviously fees over time make a difference. And so fees on exchange traded funds are going to be a little bit lower. The other thing that I'll say is a lot of these uh, big asset managers like Vanguard will allow you now to exchange on a tax-free basis from their mutual fund version of their product to their ETF. So uh, the one I keep using is the S&P. So if you own the S&P 500 index mutual fund at Vanguard, they will allow you to exchange that into their ETF version of the same exact security without it being a taxable event. And so, uh, you know, the industry... Over time, more and more of it is going to be go into the ETF world because it's just a better, it's a better solution. Um, there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with mutual funds. ETFs just happen to be better. Better. It's why we use them at Northwest Quadrant. And when you combine all of the things I just listed, the four or five things, uh, at the end of the day, they just are a better tool for us and our clients. And it's why we use them. And we don't use mutual funds any longer. All right. If you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video. In the beginning, or so the middle and end of every month, uh, we talk about the capital markets and how that affects your money. To get added to our e-newsletter list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we'll tackle your emails, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 
If you've been thinking about selling your home, but you're waiting for the right time to sell, stop waiting because right now is a great time to sell your home. Hey, it's Lars, and I've been telling you for years that the real estate agent you need to work with, if you're even thinking about putting your home on the market, is Jim Bertola and his team Bertola High Desert Realty. They've helped thousands of families sell their homes in the central Oregon area, and they can help you sell your home too. Make the call to Jim Bertola and the team at High Desert Realty and find out why they've been named Central Oregon's number one real estate team for the last five years. And with their decades of real estate experience and proven marketing strategies, Team Bertola is ready to sell your home for the most money possible. Stop waiting and call Jim today at 541-312-9449 or go to TeamBertola.com and start packing. 541-312-9449, TeamBertola.com. Hi, my name is Megan, and I wanted to share my experience that I had with Ben Laser Lipo. I've always struggled with my stubborn problem area, just around my middle. Well, I'm proud to say that after 12 sessions, I lost over 15 inches around my torso alone. And the best part? I've kept it off. It's been about 10 months since I finished up at Ben Laser Lipo, and I have kept off every single inch. Not only do my clothes fit a little bit better now, I feel more confident. And for the first time in a long time, I'm starting the new year already ahead. Thank you so much, Ben Laser Lipo. If you don't lose two inches in 32 minutes, it's free. At Bend Laser Lipo, it's FDA cleared for immediate fat loss. You'll get a customized plan for your body. And there's no needles, no downtime, and no pain. So if you've been struggling with a problem area, or maybe you even have a vacation coming up and you just want to feel better in a swimsuit, go to OregonLaserLipo.com and schedule your free consultation today. And tell them Megan sent you. Hiya, this is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. I've been up to it again, stirring up creative inspiration around my little shop of wonder and curiosity. Right now, Cosmic Depot is in the midst of lots of freshening up. You may find that every time you come in to peruse my selection of tapestries, incense, fragrance oils, natural stone beads, silver jewelry, spiritual tools, and the abundance more, the shop looks a little different. Cosmically inspired and locally motivated, I am on a mission to give you a super fun shop experience. I want Cosmic to be that shop that you come to when you need a little sparkle in your day. A place where you bring your friends and family to when you are looking for a little adventure. And your go-to for thoughtful gifts of all kinds. Cosmic can be a spot of magic in your day. And the Cosmic Depot is your spot. Your shop for good vibe products of all variety. Come on by and see the changes afoot daily from 10 to 6 at the Cosmic Depot at 342 Northeast Clay in Bend. Looking for your own place without breaking the bank? Your search is over. Wild Horse Mesa in Prineville offers your choice of two- and three-bedroom affordable apartments. This brand-new community boasts high-end finishes, air conditioning, washers and dryers, and a private patio or deck. Meet new neighbors in your Central Oregon oasis at the pool, fitness center, or club room. Wild Horse Mesa has every comfort of home in a brand-new package. Google Wild Horse Mesa for details. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Call us today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. So obviously we did a best of last weekend and so we didn't get to talk about the Blowout jobs report for the month of January. I remember uh, waking up Friday morning uh, and and wanting to text Josh and be like, what? And is this a real number? Come on. So the U.S. economy added 335,000 jobs in the month of January. Uh, The expectation was for 170,000. So obviously it was a bit better than expected. That was the 37th consecutive month of job growth in the United States. Healthcare uh, led all sectors, adding over 100,000 jobs. There's obviously a secular shortage of healthcare workers in the United States. That's definitely going to be need to be filled over the next decade. Uh, the un- U.S. unemployment rate held steady at 3.7 percent. That's a 50-something, 50-plus year low. Uh, the unemployment rate has now been below 4 percent for 24 straight months. That's the longest streak going back to the 1960s. 
perhaps the biggest surprise in the uh, jobs report was the surge in wages. The U.S. average hourly earnings increased by 4.5%. Obviously, that was well ahead of inflation. So um, it's interesting. You know, I, I hear about how awful it is here in the United States, and I just can't see where that's happening. And, I mean, Josh reminds me that a lot of it has to do with inflation that we've seen over the last three years. Inflation has certainly rolled over. Um, but, you know, the, the the idea that the U.S. economy is not doing well is just flat out wrong. Like if you are saying that, you're not looking at the actual data. Unemployment, record lows, stock market all time high, inflation has rolled over. Like where is – tell me where the weakness is in the U.S. economy. Of course, if you're a mortgage broker or I guess in, like Josh said, commercial real estate, but relative the rest of the, you know, the service sector, I mean it's it just – it's crazy how well the U.S. economy is doing well. It's doing and I would say that, you know, I was in, certainly in the camp that didn't think we'd be here right now and most so-called professionals didn't either. So uh, it is – the U.S. economy is a juggernaut led by the labor market. Uh, total, and this may be a, a little bit of a canary in the coal mine. Uh, total U.S. credit card debt hit a record 1.13 trillion dollars in the fourth three, in the fourth quarter of last year, rose 14 and a half percent over the last year. Uh, but like Josh likes to tell me, it's probably a lot of that is uh, people like Josh and I, which use our credit cards but pay them off every month. So. I guess time will tell, right? As we if, well, it's if just we have that it's in interest market. expense as as a percentage of household net worth, which is still you know substantially below normal, and that's no surprise. It, the well, people that matter, but that's respect, the baby boomers having yeah phenomenal net worth and no debt. Yep, but so. the people that matter are flush, and that you know the physical economy is outperforming the digital one. That's a theme that we've been talking about for the last few years, and. Uh, it's readily apparent to anyone that participates on Main Street. And but this, so. but this debt number could be a problem if the economy does soften, because the group that owes them that money uh, is a paycheck away from it all going south. Yeah. All right, let's tackle some email questions, man. This is a long one, Jeff. Maybe I'll get you next week. Uh, we got an email from James S. Uh, he said, "James says I'm preparing for retirement and trying to figure out where I should." Go for money to meet my income needs. I understand that it's important to start by withdrawing from some accounts and save other accounts for later. What is the right sequence? Okay, so I understand what James is saying. So just, Josh, you can answer this. But so what James is saying is we're going to have to make some assumptions is that, you know, for example, I will use myself as an example. I have Roth accounts. I have traditional Roth IRA accounts and 401k, traditional IRA money. And I have joint account money with my my wife. And so um, obviously all of those are taxed differently when I take them out, when I put them in, all that stuff. And so what James is wondering is when he retires, Mr. Finelli, where he should start taking money from uh, and then the sequence of, of which ones he should take and why and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is generalized <laughs> advice and there can be specific situations that we're not aware of that may dramatically you know, affect that. But uh, generally, you're going to want to take from your taxable accounts first. Uh, you know, if you if you need supplementary distributions. From so taxable accounts, just not everybody knows what that means. So that's the money that you just like your bank account, you already yep. pay taxes sure. on it. It's in an investment account in this case. And so you're just your tax liability is capital gains. Correct. And then, uh, you know, of course, as you trend closer to 73, uh, which is the new required minimum distribution age, uh, those pre-tax retirement account distribution start, but, uh, you know, in the, in the form of an RMD. Yep. And best case scenario, you let tax deferral continue to work in your favor for as long as you can, uh, which is why you take from those taxable accounts first. Roth accounts you can use on a supplementary basis, but typically are sort of last in the hierarchy because of course they're tax free. Uh, most of our clients with Roth balances end up not ever using them or in the event of some massive liquidity need, whether it be for healthcare or some you know huge one-time expense that uh, would entail big distributions from pre-tax retirement money, they may take a little supplementary money from their Roth. But uh, generally, that's going to be the account that uh, most mass affluent people out there uh, pass on to their kids in the form of a tax-free Yeah, because it's obviously a great uh, inheritance tool because you're not going to have to pay uh, any taxes because it's a Roth and it was already taxed. So I don't have anything to add. You nailed it. Well done, Mr. Finelli. Uh, we got an email from Ted, Jay, and Ben. Uh, my question relates to 401k rollovers. Are there different 
tax implication when it comes to rolling money into a traditional I to traditional IRA versus a traditional IRA brokerage fund. I've always associated the word brokerage with after tax dollars. So, uh, I, you know, Jay, you're just, or sorry, Ted, you're just getting uh, the lingo, the financial services lingo mixed up. So when you roll money out of a uh, traditional 401k, so think of the money, when you put money into this traditional 401k, it was taxed and then it went in uh, pre-tax. Uh, so when you do a rollover from that 401k, you're going to want to do it in tr- traditional IRA. Um, some firms just use the word brokerage account because a lot of cases that's the kind of account that's going to be inheriting this IRA. Just make sure it's the, the tax is the tax um, version of it is, is, is the traditional, right? So that you know that uh, the custodian knows that when it comes out, it's going to be uh, taxed as ordinary income. So it's just the traditional version of that. Um, Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. Thanks for doing the show. I learned something every time I listen. Recently, I left my job where I've been employed for 18 years. I have a relatively sizable for me 401k plan. Uh, I'm planning on rolling into a self-directed IRA. I'm wondering if you have any rec- recommendations for a discount broker. I'm trying to decide between the ones you guys talk about, Schwab, Fidelity, and Vanguard. Thanks again, Thomas, W., and Ben. Uh, yeah, I mean, so those are the ones that we do talk about. I will say um, we like Vanguard, their their products, but not necessarily them as a brokerage firm or a custodian. Their customer service has certainly declined. Um, I would say Schwab or Fidelity, you can't go wrong with either. Fidelity does a lot of great educational things on their website that are free. You don't even have to be a client, so if that's important to you. But they're both both great custodians. I will say Schwab is a publicly traded company. Fidelity is privately held, uh, and, and you know they're but the technology of both is great um you know i probably tend to go to schwab there's sort of like the the apple of the custodian world but they're both great options all right that's our show this week we appreciate you spending some time with us remember buy low sell high we'll see you next week listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit northwestquadrantwealth.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor, and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice.